Paul gives a special place in the armor for faith. He gives faith a special place. He says, above all. In the scripture, Samuel came to Jesse's house ready to anoint a new king because God had rejected King Saul. And Samuel looked at all the sons of Jesse and one by one, God said, nope, that's not him. Nope, that's not him. No, that's not him. And got down to the last son and God didn't choose that one. And, and then Jesse, Samuel says, Jesse, do you have any more children? Is this all you have? And they said, well, we got one more. He's out in the field. He's the youngest. He's keeping the sheep. They didn't even invite him to the sacrifice. They left him out in the field keeping the sheep. And they probably felt like maybe it, was a, it would be insignificant to have this young, young man come to meet Samuel. And Samuel said, bring him here. And when David came in front of, of Samuel, God said, Samuel, don't look at the outside. For I, see, I don't see as man sees, I look at the heart. And when David walked in, Samuel, God said, that's him. That's the king. The one no one thought to even call. Samuel took the horn of oil. We're not talking a little oil. You know how I take a little oil and I dab it on your forehead? That's not how they anointed people back in those days. They poured oil on their heads. And they poured it on his head and it began to run down his face and down his body all the way down to the floor. And they anointed him as the next king of Israel. And I feel like when I read this verse, above all, take the shield of faith. I feel like Paul is anointing the shield of faith in front of everything else. Just like David was anointed in front of his brothers and they watched as the oil flowed down his head, down his chest, down to his feet. Paul is anointing the shield of faith and we see the anointing oil flowing down into everything through the shield of faith, through the helmet of salvation, through the sword of the spirit. All of those weapons that God has given to us, the armor that God has placed in our life above everything else Paul is anointing the shield of faith. He says, above all, take the shield of faith. Hebrews eleven six 6 says this, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. I want you to think about that. You cannot please God if your faith is not activated. You have to have faith to please God. Look at this. This is the fundamentals of faith are right here in this verse. For he that comes to God must believe that he is. Fundamental number one, you must believe that God is. Think about it. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, God doesn't give an explanation of where he comes from. God doesn't say I lived in the cosmos. He doesn't say I'm up here and, and this is my home. He doesn't talk about his past or his history. He doesn't give any of that. In Genesis 1.1 it says in the beginning God. And so what, what, does, what is required right off the bat when the person reads the Bible? Faith. Instantly. In the beginning God. He that comes to God must believe that he is. Does anybody believe that he is God above any other God? Amen. He is God. 
The second fundamental part of faith is that he must, we must believe that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Note the words in the verse, diligently seek. Because faith without works is dead. Many people have faith and they say God is, but their faith has no work. Their faith is not lived out. Their faith is empty and void. I, I met a man one time, he believed in aliens. And California, he lived in New Mexico, he lived in Arizona, and he talked about, he, he began to tell me how much he believed in aliens, and automatically I thought, this guy's a nut. I automatically thought that. And, 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 and he said, he said, no man, no, listen, I was out there, have you ever been to Area 51? He's like, I've been to Area 51, and, 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 and the lights, the, the, the things that happen out there, the lights shooting up and down the mountain, and, and all these things, and, and he said, I, there are definitely aliens out there, and there's definitely something we don't know, and, 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 and I'm like, I'm listening to him. He was so excited, he believed it so much that his faith in aliens was almost convincing me. I had to shake my head. And go, wait a minute, this guy's a nut. <laughs> now, if you believe in aliens, don't come talk to me after church, all right? I just don't want to know. So, but, but it, his faith was engaged in it. And because he believed it, he diligently believed it. He was seeking it out. You know why you come to church? Because you're diligently seeking him. And your faith is in action. Faith in action. Faith in action. James put it this way, faith without works is dead. And so Paul, Paul anoints faith. He says, above everything else, take the shield of faith. I want you to think about it. In Hebrews chapter 11, we have what they call the heroes of faith. Chapter 11 is filled with all of God's heroes. And they're not heroes because they have the sword of the Spirit, but they did have the sword of the Spirit. They're not heroes because they had the helmet of salvation, but they did have the helmet of salvation. They're not heroes because they had the gospel of peace, but they're, but they're heroes, but they, it wasn't because of the gospel of peace. It was because of their faith. They're heroes because of faith. Everything in the, in, uh, that we have, every piece of armor that we have is only accessible through faith. You can't have the helmet of salvation unless you have faith. You cannot have the shoes without faith. You cannot have the belt of truth without faith. You can't have righteousness without faith. Faith is the fundamental basic. You have to have faith. You are not saved with it by, by your works, but you're saved by faith. The just shall live by... Oh, you're more awake than the first service, amen? That was better. Let's say it again. The just shall live by... Faith. The faith that we have gives access to everything that is in God. I believe and therefore I live. I believe in God. I believe He is. I believe He rewards. I believe He heals. I believe He saves. I believe He protects. I believe these things. And because I believe them, my lifestyle is lived because I believe. Amen? Many people believe in a lot of different things, but you and I believe in him who diligently rewards those who seek him. Amen? He rewards those who diligently seek him. Now let me give you two meanings really quick of the word above all. Because Paul anoints this the, the shield of faith. He says, so in every circumstance, in all duties, and no matter the issue, take faith. What does Paul mean when he says above all? He means in every circumstance, take faith. 
Faith is crucial. Faith is what keeps you. Faith will stop the enemy from destroying you. Faith will block the fiery darts of the enemy from trying to trip you up. Faith is crucial to our walk with God. Without faith, access to the rest of the armor is absolutely impossible. That is why Paul said, above all, take faith. Because without it, you cannot possess salvation or anything else. You can't even, you can't operate in the kingdom of God without faith. You can't even please God without faith. Now how important, let me give you three types. Let me give you three types of faith that can never please God. Are you ready? These are types of faith that will never please God. Historical faith. Historical faith is knowing who God is, but not believing are trusting that he'll still do it today. The people of Jericho knew God was capable when they heard about the Red Sea. They just didn't think God would drop the walls in Jericho. There was only one person in Jericho who exercised faith in Jericho. Her name was Rahab. And Rahab exercised faith in Jericho. And she said, the God that you serve, I heard about what he can do. And so I'm, I, I want you to promise me that you'll save my family alive. And her faith was exercised by a scarlet thread hanging out of the window. And they didn't touch that house or go in that house or kill anybody in there. That place was a safety place because Rahab believed God, not historically, but she believed that God would do it even right now. She believed that God was capable of dropping the walls of Jericho right now. Temporary faith will never please God. There are many people who operate in temporary faith, and I cannot stand it when people do this to God. As a matter of fact, for, on God's behalf, I apologize to him for many, time, many times I've seen this happen. I apologize to him for the person who does this to him. They fall into a, a deep situation, a difficult situation. They get low in their spirit. They get they have a difficult circumstance in their life, and they come running to God. And they cry out, God, I need your help. God, help me. God, deliver me. God, save me. And they come running to the Lord, and God does what? He helps them. He delivers them. He strengthens them. He gives them a stable mind again. He makes them whole again. He picks them up. And then after God picks them up and dusts them off and cleans them up, they leave God. They have faith temporarily only because of the circumstance that is in their life. Some people whose faith won't even move them off their bed on Sunday morning. Oh, come on now. There are some people whose faith won't even move them away from messing around on Sunday. But you're here this morning because your faith has been exercised. And you walked into church by faith. You walked in saying, God, what are you going to do today? What are you going to speak today? What are you going to say today? What are you going to say to me today? So temporary faith is never going to ever uh, please God. And limited faith. Faith that doesn't believe God can do everything. God did it yesterday, amen? Did he not part a Red Sea? Yes, he did. Did he not drop the walls of Jericho? Yes, he did. But what he did yesterday, he can do today. He is not limited. God is not limited today. Today, has no. there's no limitations. Amen? If he stopped the sun back then, he can stop the sun right now. If he needs to shut the mouths of lions, he'll shut the mouths of lions. If he needs to stop the quenching fire, he'll stop the fire. God has that ability. And if we, we as Christians, our only duty is, 
It's to simply know that he will, that he has, and that he's going to do it again. Amen? Faith is so important that when Jesus came on the earth, he asked this fundamental question. He said, will I find faith on the earth? And get this, he didn't find it in the religious people. He found it in the most peculiar places. A Roman soldier came to Jesus. Remember this story? He said, he said I-, I need you to come. My servant is sick. He's vexed. He needs to be healed. And, and Jesus said, I will come. And the man said, you don't need to come, Jesus. He said, I'm a man of authority. I know that you can speak and it'll be done. He said, I speak and it's done. You're a man of authority. Just simply speak it and it'll be done. He believed that the kingdom of God responded to Jesus' command. And Jesus looked at him and said, man, that's great faith. He had faith that even the Jewish people didn't exercise, and he was a Roman soldier. What about the woman? I believe she was the Syrophoenician woman. If I'm messing that up, you can correct me after service or, you know, message me and tell me how wrong I am. It don't bother me. So, but this woman came to the disciples and said, I need you to heal my child. I need you to heal my child. She wasn't a Jewish lady. She wasn't a part of the Jewish heritage. I need you to heal my child, she said. And the disciples were bothered all day long. They were harassed by this woman. She would not quit bugging them. You ever had somebody bug you? Just irritate you? I mean, even to the point where you're like, shut up. Well, that's where the disciples were. They were irritated by her. And they said, Jesus, please tell this woman to shut up. Tell her to leave us alone. And Jesus turned, looked at him and said, what's going on? She said, I need you to heal my child. And Jesus even mocked her. Get this. Jesus said, it's not meat to give the children's bread to dogs. Now, if that was us, we'd probably get offended. I said, call me a dog. Well, let me tell you what I think of you, right? We would have gave, gave the attitude, you know. Been like my girls, wiggle their head, you know, wiggle their head, roll their eyes, you know. But, and and it, give, a, give a little attitude back. But she didn't do that. Her faith was, in, was being exercised. She said, oh, Jesus, I know, I know I'm a dog. But even the dogs get the crumbs. She said, just a crumb." Of who you are. Just a crumb from the table will suffice. I'm not asking for the bread. I'm asking for a morsel. I'm asking for something small. Because in your eyes, this is nothing. This is small. And Jesus said, oh woman, great is thy faith. And he healed that, that child from that moment. That woman got her healing because she believed. Amen. Hallelujah. So what is faith? What is faith? Faith simply defined as this. Belief that produces fruit. Belief that produces fruit. Don't tell me you believe or that you have faith in God, but you don't live like you have faith in God. Don't tell me that you love God and then live like the devil outside the doors. That's not real faith. Matter of fact, today... Today, there are a lot of people who won't even darken the doors of the church because they don't believe that in the church there's a real example of faith-believing people. They see too many hypocrites. They see too many people saying one thing, living another. Anybody seen it? 
I've seen a lot of church people say, I believe in God, but you could never tell by their life that they believed in God. There should be an example of it. Give me a testimony of your life. Show me that you believe in God. Tell me by your example. Listen, words are cheap, my dear friend. Words are cheap. Don't give us that word blessing. Tell us by showing us. Matter of fact, I, I, I don't even claim California anymore. I think the Lord's going to push that off into the ocean. And so, and it's going to break off right there around needles. But, uh, and, 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 and we're just going to remain. We're going to become beachfront property sooner or later. But, but, but when I moved out of California and I went to Missouri, I claim Missouri as home. I really do. I love Missouri. It's, that's home. When I want to go home, I don't go to California. I go to California and go, why did I come here? And then I leave and go, thank God I'm out. And, but then when I go home, I go back to Missouri because that's what I call home. And, and in home, guess what we have on our license plate? It says, show me. Because Missouri is the show me state. We don't want to hear what you have to say. We want to see what you have to say. Don't tell me you love God. Show me you love God. Amen. That's, the, that's, what, that's what faith is. Faith is, is put into action. Faith is put in. I mean, I, I've seen some people put their faith in a lot of weird things. I, I don't remember what year it was. I think it was in 2010 or maybe just before, but I can't recall. But a casino in Las Vegas. Um, they exercise faith. Somebody had cooked a, cheese, uh, a, a grilled cheese sandwich. And on the grilled cheese sandwich, it looked like the burnings and the markings of the mother of Jesus. And so the casino exercised faith and purchased that grilled cheese sandwich for $18,500. How many would have loved to have been the one who made the grilled cheese sandwich? i just saying right now, I'd have loved to been the... That would have been wonderful. That was the best grilled cheese sandwich I've ever made. Praise be to Jesus. But <laughs> they, they bought it and hung it on the wall because it had the face. It looked like the face of the, of the mother of Jesus. Now, I've never put my faith in a grilled cheese sandwich. I will never put my faith in a grilled cheese sandwich. Amen. But some people put their faith in the strangest and the weirdest places. Our faith is not in some weird thing. And we're not, we're not strange people. We just know in whom we have believed. We are persuaded that he is able. And our faith reaches out and says, God is my God. I serve him. Many people put their faith in some of the craziest things. Crazy things. Our level of faith will determine our level of commitment, my dear friend. If you have strong faith, your commitment will be there. You'll be committed to Christ. When we get weak in our faith, our commitment gets weak. Our faithfulness gets weak. Our determination gets weak when we get weak in our faith. But faith in the scripture, look, I'm sorry, Hebrews 11, 1 through 2, look at this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. You want to know what gives substance to your hope? Your faith. Listen, I've never seen the nail-pierced hands of Jesus Christ. I've never touched the nail-pierced feet. I've never seen his side. But I believe in all of those things. Get this. I've never been to Israel, and I've never even physically seen the empty tomb. I've seen it on Google Earth. But I've never seen it physically. I've never walked in the Garden of Gethsemane. I've never seen 
the streets of Jericho. I've never been to the Sea of Galilee. I've never seen the, the Dead Sea. I've never seen any of these places. I've never seen Capernaum or Gennesaret. I've never seen Nazareth. I've never seen Bethlehem. I've never seen any of those places. But I know Jesus was there about 2,000 years ago. I know that the tomb is empty. You know why? My hope, my hope in Christ, my faith in Christ has given substance to my hope. Now listen, my hope is this, that when I die, I'm not just going to die and go to nothing. I'm dying and I'm going to be with him. You know what gives my hope that substance? It's my faith. My faith in God reaches out and grabs a hold. Jesus said to Thomas, blessed is he who has not seen and still believes. I'm one of those blessed people. Is anybody here blessed, not seen, but you haven't seen it, but you're still blessed? Your hope is holding on to him? Amen. We have hope in God, and, and so faith gives, gives, uh, gives substance to our hope. It gives something to hold on to. And, and look at this, for by it the elders obtained a good report. He obtained a good report. Through faith is how we obtain a good report. Look at this. Faith is compared to a shield. I want you to catch this. This is important. Paul first says, above all, take the shield of faith. He anoints it first above everything else. And then secondly, he says, listen, now take it up, this shield. He doesn't call it the sword. He calls it the shield. And how important is this? Because faith is fundamental to every other piece of armor. The helmet of salvation is fixed. It it protects you. It protects your mind. It protects your head. You put it on your head, it protects you. The breastplate of righteousness is fixed. It's attached. It, it, it is attached to your, the vital, it protects the vital organs. It protects your heart. It protects all those things. The, the shoes protect your feet. The gospel of peace protects your feet. And they're fixed to you. That, that's where they belong. That's where they are. The sword of the spirit is in your hand. It's right there. You can, you can yield it and, 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 and fight and, and beat back the enemy with the word. But the shield of faith is mobile. Now think about it. The shield of faith covers the helmet of salvation when it needs to be protected. The shield of faith covers the breastplate of righteousness when it needs to be protected. The shield of faith covers the feet when they need to be protected. The shield of faith will cover the truth when it needs to be protected. So when the fiery darts of the enemy have been attacking your salvation, you know what you do? You put up the shield of faith and it quenches the fiery darts of the enemy who says you aren't saved. And your faith says, no, I know who I am. I know who God has made me. And when your righteousness is being attacked, you don't feel very holy. And you don't feel right or you don't feel pure. And in your heart, you're feeling sad and disappointed in yourself. The Holy Spirit gives you you a faith that will quench the fiery darts quench them the fiery darts of the enemy with that shield is placed up and it blocks it blocks and protects the righteousness that is inside you have you ever had to tell the devil no had you ever have you ever had to tell him i am saved have you ever had to tell him that god still loves me that's faith you're exercising faith at that moment. You're putting that in front and you're quenching the fiery darts of the enemy. You're stopping the enemy from attacking you. I want you to think about this. That the shield guards and deflects deadly blows the enemy brings your way. The enemy will always bring deadly blows to you. But you, how you deflect them is by faith. 
faith will deflect it. When Abraham was out wandering out in the wilderness, he was just a nomad. He was looking for a city and a, for, that God built, but he couldn't find it. He's just a man in the desert. But every day, the Bible said this about him. It said he staggered not at the promise of God. He kept searching for that city. How did, why did he keep searching for it? Were there ever days that Abraham asked, why am I out here? I'm sure he did. I'm sure there were days he felt like he was all alone. But his faith kept deflecting all of those things and still continued to follow God even though he didn't see anything. When Abraham died, the only piece of property he owned was a burial plot. And God told him, I'm going to give you everything. He had one son. God said, your, your seed will be like the stars of the sky and the sands of the sea. He had one son when he died. But he still believed God. His faith deflected every deadly blow that came his way. Our faith is meant to deflect the attack of the enemy that comes in against us. Now let me explain this to you this way. Caleb, come here. Where you at? I know I have a son. There he is. <clears throat> Paul is using the imagery of Rome. He's using the shield imagery uh, that the Romans used in those days. They had long shields that would cover almost their entire body. Sometimes they're a five foot, sometimes, you know, they weren't small little shields. And what they would do as a, as a platoon, as a group of, of fighters together, is one person would have his shield and the other person would have their shield. And if the enemy was firing arrows at them, they would combine shields. And they would, the first group would kneel down. The second group behind them would cover them on the top. And the second group would cover them on the top. And it created what they called the tortoise effect. It was like a big shell of shields. And no arrow could penetrate through the shields. Do you know that what happens when you come to church and you've been, thank you honey. When, when you come to church and you've been weary in your spirit. And you've been wore out in your soul. And you don't even know if you're going to it or serve God any longer you might even be ready to give up and then somebody in the church comes by and says oh pastor Jack I just felt the need that I need to pray with you and and all of a sudden shields connect come on somebody shields connect and faith begins to transfer have you ever had somebody's faith transfer into your life somebody had to tell you to continue to believe somebody had to pick you up and say hey you're not quitting just yet anybody ever had faith operate like that in your life that's why you're here this morning is because you're linking up shields with somebody else you're praising God not alone but with somebody else and you're making a tortoise effect and the enemy's arrows cannot penetrate when you're in a place like that amen now get this the enemy's darts are called fiery darts look at that fiery darts they're not just arrows my dear friend an arrow penetrates and can cause death but these are laced with poison these are poisonous darts. Let me name all of them in three simple ways. I will name every dart the enemy will ever throw your way with three simple phrases. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. All, all arrows are covered under that simple phrase. John covered it. Jesus talked about it. You can see it in the garden when Eve is tempted. All of it, every dart, every fiery dart, let's just call the fiery darts temptations, attacks, trying to get you to quit or give up, trying to tell you you shouldn't serve God, 
those fiery darts. Your faith is the shield that guards those fiery darts. Now, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is the woman with the issue of blood. How many know the story? If you don't know it, I'm going to tell you it anyway. Amen. It's a beautiful story. This woman has been sick for 12 years. Luke tells us that because he's a physician. He, a physician tells you a whole story about sickness. And, and he gave the whole story. She was sick for 12 years. She went to all these physicians. Nobody could heal her. Then Jesus came to town. The Bible said there was a woman in the crowd. She had an issue of blood. No one even recognized her. No one knew her condition. Not even Jesus turned around, noticed her. No one noticed her. Everybody in the crowd was pressing against Jesus, touching Jesus. But this woman who was supposed to be telling everybody who was around her in the crowd, I'm unclean, I'm unclean, unclean, stay away, I'm unclean, because to touch her would make somebody else unclean. You most definitely don't touch a priest. You most definitely don't touch somebody holy because you would make them unclean. This woman didn't do that. In the crowd, she was hidden. And in her mind, her faith activated. And She said in her mind, if I can get to him, I know I'll be whole. I know I'll be healed if I get to Jesus. If I just get to him. But here's the thing. She's unclean. Do you think for one second the devil didn't say, you can't touch him, you're unclean. You're not supposed to touch him, you're unclean. But her faith, the shield came up. And it deflected who she was. And all of a sudden that didn't matter anymore. Somebody ever had to deflect what the enemy tried to tell you, who you were, you had to deflect that. The devil tells you you've been horrible, you've been sinful, you've done all kinds of ungodly things, but your faith engages and says, I know I've been bad, but I gotta get to him anyway. I know I haven't been great, but I gotta get to him anyway. She deflects who she is. She deflects the attacks of the enemy. And then not only that, there are people who are in the way, literally in the way. I need a group of people, a group of men. Stand up right now, group of men, group of men. Quick, 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 quick. Come, come, come. Quick, 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 quick. Run, run, speed. Come on, Brother Rich, I need you to jog. Come on. Get up here, get up here, get up here. Stand right here, come on. Come on, disciples. Disciples of Jesus, get in here, get in here. Guess what? You get to be Jesus because I want you to be like him. Amen. Stand right there. All right. Come on. All right, men, come over here, guys. Come over here. Come over here. All right. Now, slowly, baby, slowly. I just need you to, to, to walk, okay? I need you to walk slowly, please. Start walking. The woman is behind them. Just keep walking. If you have to make a left, make a left, all right? And so he, she's walking behind. She knows Jesus is up there, but her faith has already dealt with the fact that she don't deserve to get with him. But now she's got another problem. He's there, and she's here. So her faith is to do something that it's never done before. She knows she's got to get to him, but she's going to violate the law by touching everybody who's around him. And so she says, I'm going to get to him somehow. And so her faith starts moving people. Come on, somebody. Her faith starts moving some folks who are getting in the way. Have you ever had to move some people who were getting in the way? Excuse me, i, I got to get to Jesus. And I could just see her right behind him, okay? And he reaches out and grabs a hold of the hem of his garment and she lets go and instantly she's made whole and she backs up into the crowd but here's the beautiful part you can sit down thank you here's the beautiful part the beautiful part is that Jesus stopped 
He stopped everything. The whole train stopped. Jesus stops and he says, who touched me? Now, here's the, here's the crazy part. Everybody's touching him. You see, there's a difference when faith touches him and when you just touch him. How many came here with a, looking for a faith touch? Amen. Looking for a faith touch. And she, she reached out by faith, and Jesus felt the power. The Bible said virtue. He felt virtue and power flow out of him, and she was made whole. And when Jesus turned around and said, who touched me? They said, everyone's touching you, Jesus. How are we supposed to know? No, Jesus said, no, 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 no. Somebody really touched me. I felt the power go. And then when she realized she wasn't hid, she told him all that was going on. She confessed it. I wasn't supposed to touch you, but I touched you anyway. How many know you're not supposed to be near him, but you're near him anyway? Come on, amen. You're not supposed to be saved, but you're saved anyway. You're not even supposed to be alive, but you're alive anyway. Come on, amen. She, she was she said, oh, this is what happened. I've been sick for 12 years. I've had all this issue, but I knew in my mind that if I could touch you, if I could get to you, you would make me whole. I knew I would be made whole. And Jesus said these words to her, daughter, be of good cheer. Get this, listen. Thy faith, thy faith has made you whole. Wait, wait, wait. Jesus didn't pray for her. Come on now. Jesus didn't say, you're healed in my name. He didn't do that. She just had enough faith to reach out and grab a hold of her healing. Does anybody in this house have enough faith to reach past your circumstance? Grab a hold of what God has for you. Grab a hold of your healing. Grab a hold of your blessing. Grab a hold of what you need. That's what, it, that's what faith will do. Faith will quench those fiery darts. All the darts of the enemy were coming into her mind, but she quenched them. By, by faith. You know what's going to keep you saved? Your faith is going to keep you saved. You want to know what's going to keep you right? Your faith is going to keep you right. You want to know what's going to keep you planted on the gospel? Your faith will keep you planted on the gospel. You want to know what's going to keep truth from telling lies or keep you out of lies and keep the truth on you? Your faith will keep you there. All right, Amy, come to the piano. Faith will keep you. Faith takes away the veil from our eyes so we can see sin for what it really is. So many people walk in darkness and they have no idea how lost they truly are. But when you exercise faith, it'll look at sin differently. It'll look at the world differently. It looks at life differently. It quenches the fiery dart. So Paul said, above all, take the shield of faith that will guard salvation, that will guard righteousness, that will guard truth, that will guard the shoes. Take the faith. Take faith. Above all, take faith. You need it in every circumstance that you're going to fight. You're going to need it. Don't fight without your shield. Go fully equipped. Listen, I, I wrote this up and I just, off the top of my head, I began to think about all the things that faith has done in the scripture. And so I just wrote down a list. I'm going to read them to you really fast here. 
Faith healed the sick. Faith killed the giant. Faith brought down walls and stopped the sun. Faith subdued nations. Faith brought fire down from heaven and created a renewed belief in God. Faith caused a man to walk on water. Faith opened prison doors. Faith opened the eyes of sinners. Faith caused eight, eight people to float on top of the judgment of God. Faith slept with lions and walked in a fiery furnace. Faith raised the dead and split the Red Sea. Faith brought deliverance from Egypt. Faith brought salvation to all who believe. Faith received the Holy Spirit and re- Holy Ghost and received power to preach the gospel. Faith preached on the day of Pentecost and 3,000 received Christ. Faith opened prison doors. Faith will shake the snake off in the fire. Faith opened the doors, the doors for the prophetic ministry. Faith opened the doors for visions. Faith renewed strength in God's people. That's just off the top of my head of every story I could remember in the Bible that faith was in action. They believe that God is. And they believe that God would reward them if they diligently sought them, sought him out. And God showed up. I want you to know something. God will show up. Let me end with this story. Peter and the disciples were on a boat in a stormy sea. And Jesus come walking on the water. And as he was walking on the water, the people began, the disciples got, became afraid. They thought they were going to die for sure because there was a spirit coming. And Jesus said, don't be afraid, it's I. And Peter, I don't know where this comes from. I mean, think about it. Who in the world would ask to get out of the boat? That's the only one. Nobody else did. He said, Jesus, if it's you, bid me come. I mean, really? Why would he even want to do that? It's a stormy sea. They're all afraid for their lives. And Peter exercises a faith that is beyond comprehension. If it's you, let me come. Now get this. There was no power to walk on the water until the command came from Jesus. Jesus gave the command, come. The moment he said it, the moment he said it, the power to walk on water was there. All he had to do was exercise faith. Now, I don't know how you get into water, but I always go, I want to see how cold it is before I do it, right? I wonder how Peter did it. I wonder if he closed his eyes and went. Can't balance that long, you know. I I wonder how it was, you know. I could just see him, you know, getting out of the boat. You know, I don't know how deep the water was, but I wonder if he went. Got up. said he began to walk on water now get this as he was watching Jesus and he kept his eyes on Christ and he kept his eyes on the command the power to walk there was always there the Bible said he began to look around him and he saw the seas reality set in 
Be careful because faith will go against reality. Faith will declare what isn't as though it is. Faith will speak beyond what is natural. He began to look at the reality that he's walking on a stormy sea. And the Bible said that when he got his eyes off of that, he began to sink. Now catch this. It doesn't say he went kaplump. doesn't say he went all the way under. And neither do you when you begin to doubt either. But she, he began to sink. And in my mind, I think maybe it began to be a slow process, you know. Oh, that wave's kind of big. Ankles. Oh, that lightning's a little scary. Knees. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I wonder how deep he had to go before he said, Help! Because that's what happened. He cried out for help. Jesus, help me. And Jesus grabbed him lifted him up and then Jesus said why did you doubt why did you look somewhere else why did you doubt in other words Jesus was saying you could have made it all the way to me you didn't have to sink you just got your eyes somewhere else but I want you to see what faith did it got a fisherman who knows better to step out of a boat on a stormy sea And today you and I know this story because a man exercised faith. Do you know right now that you are creating legacies, historical examples right now by your faith? It is my desire that my faith is transferred into my children. It is my desire that my faith is transferred into some of you. And that when I die and go on, I leave a legacy behind of people I affected with my faith. Are you leaving a legacy, a faith legacy? Do you have the shield of faith guarding yourself? Let's be armed and ready for the enemy. Would you stand with me? This morning... Maybe, maybe you've been shaky in your faith. Maybe your faith has been up and down. Maybe you find yourself slowly sinking, sinking and sinking. Maybe you're to your knees or to your waist. You haven't yet cried out for help, but you feel the need to cry out for help. Maybe you've not exercised faith at all, and maybe you're not even saved. Maybe you haven't given your heart to Jesus. Maybe you haven't repented of your sins, and you need Jesus in your life. Maybe you need healing in your body, and you need to stretch your faith out and reach up for it. Maybe you need to touch the hem of his garment. Maybe you've been struggling mentally, emotionally, and you need God to revive you and strengthen you. Whatever you're in need of this morning, I want you to do something. I'm going to ask you to step out of the boat. I'm going to ask you to test the waters. Because the enemy is going to try to stop you from coming, but I want you to come anyway. If you need, if you need the Lord right now, I want you to step out. I want you to come down to this front right here. Step out. Come on. Step out. 
Don't be afraid. Come on, sis. Come on, Brother John. Come on, sis. I need, I need prayer warriors down here helping me. Can I get some ladies right here? Can I get some men? Help us. And if you need prayer, I want you to come stand here. Let us pray with you. Let us believe God. Let us believe God.